Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, a nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. What it talks about is how we focus so much on the what and the why of things, but our lives are really a never-ending stream of when. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. If you're someone who is currently feeling exhausted and terribly frustrated by your diabetes physically and emotionally, and you have a feeling that if you just had better support and a better tool set and roadmaps, that it could be incredibly transformational for your health and your entire life, I'm really excited to share that we are currently open for enrollment for our first Decide and Conquer group coaching cohort of 2024. If you don't know, the DCB is Risley's 12-week signature coaching program for women with type 1 diabetes who are feeling discouraged and isolated and overwhelmed and are craving more confidence and empowerment in their lives with their numbers and mindset and all of it. We've had over 400 women graduate from this program over the years, and they all were once where you're sitting literally right now on the sidelines, listening to me talk about the program or listening to stories of other people change their lives, wondering if that it's possible for themselves to do that too. It might be hard to believe, but this program is already filling up. So if today's episode inspires you to want to make a change for your T1D, don't wait to apply. After you do, wait to receive an email within 48 hours to book a call with Abby or Alyssa from the Risely team. And I hope to see you in the program. And who knows, maybe even one day have you as a podcast guest inspiring others with your transformation. Okay, we are rocking and rolling. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Reclaim Your Rise. So I have a solo episode for you, which means it is just you and I today. And I'm really hopeful that what we're going to talk about is going to be helpful in shifting your perspective and how you're thinking about your diabetes and more so how you're thinking about decisions throughout the day with your diabetes. I, the level of, and I would say the level I'm at with my diabetes today in terms of my numbers and relationship to myself and prioritizing my health and my diabetes it has come over time. And the way that I like to look at it is like a uh, levels. So levels one through 10, where level one is, let's say the basics, level one, two, three, you know, you're learning how to count carbs. You're learning the foundational elements of, you know, insulin to carb ratio, correction factors, things like that. And then the higher up you go more of like level seven, eight, nine, 10, that's really where those more abstract, that abstract thinking comes from where it's like, all right, we have the foundation here now. How do we, how do we look at these situations differently? How do we change the way that I'm thinking about certain things? Because everything stems with our thoughts, right? Our thoughts create our feelings, our our feelings create our actions and our actions create our habits. And so Today, what we're going to talk about, which is the when of diabetes, which you'll understand more what that means in a little bit, that is more of this kind of like higher level abstract thinking. The point is, and what I hope your takeaway is, whether you're like diagnosed last week or you've had type one for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years and you're listening, is that you take this and you just 
keep it in the back of your mind, right? And it's not something that you have to perfect right away, but is something to put in your toolkit. So backstory on why I wanted to record this episode in the first place and how we got here. If you know me, you know I a lot of my life a lot of all of our lives connect to our diabetes and parallel the lessons we learn in one area, you know, transfer over to a lesson that we're learning in the other area. So, um, you know, this year a focus and I I call it a focus, but it really has been an obsession if I'm being honest. Um an obsession of mine has been around time. And I think for me when I'm looking at self-growth I'm looking at what areas are holding you back, Lauren. Like what what challenges do you continuously come up against that you want to try to improve, kind of hack within yourself. And time has been one that I'm focused on this year. And not just productivity, but where I'm spending my time because it's a limited resource, right? Like I don't know how much the average person thinks about the time that we have here on earth. For me, I think about it probably at least three to four times a week. And I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I, I am very much, it is the forefront of my mind that like at any time life can be over. And so for me, I am somebody who wants to optimize like my happiness, my time spent in with the people that I love and relationships and also time spent being the best version of myself and the most authentic version of myself and a version of myself that is able to keep growing so I can continuously give back and impact other people's lives. That just reminds me, I don't know if anybody has seen the trend on social media right now, but there's this trend um, going around this year about the Roman Empire and how much somebody thinks about the Roman Empire. And a lot of women have been asking men, like, how often do you think about it? And they're like, oh, not a lot, like two to three times per week. And women are like, what are you talking about? Like, I literally think about it one time a year kind of thing. So I don't know if you guys think about, like to your to my point that I just made, like, I don't know if you are thinking about that more than I am or less than I am or equal to how much I am, but that's how much it comes to the forefront of my mind. So anyways, I am focused on time. I'm obsessed with time. And in some ways that I've grown this year, as an example, like on a very basic level, like running late, I'm somebody who my whole life I've been like, the train is coming at 9.05 and I am like pulling into the train station, parking at 9.04 and then like sprinting, my blood sugar spiking. And it's just like, it's not necessary. Like we can leave five minutes earlier so we don't have to be rushing to the train more. And so I've grown a lot in that area. And then secondly, um, I've grown in my level of decisiveness. So my ability to me to decide on something and evaluate the situation, the options, the potential solutions, and then make a decision and not let it drag on. 2022 was painful for me in this area. I feel like I wasted so much time, especially on wedding planning, because I was not making decisions. Like I was deciding on what stamp to use, which is like not a big decision to make, but I was, I spent like two months just on that decision. Maybe not two months, but like, like an exorbitant amount of time that was not necessary. And that for me is like, it becomes this open loop when you're not deciding to do something. So if you have, if you're, if you are, you know, you come across a decision that you need to make by not making that decision, you are losing so much energy and time because it becomes this like background mental loop that is like on this like imaginary checklist that you have, or maybe a physical checklist. And you think like, okay, I'm just going to like push this decision away, but like you eventually have to make the decision. So just make the decision. So you don't, so you get more time back in order to focus on other more important things. So that's an example. Another area is I think that 
you know, with time, a lot of people, and you may relate to this, have goals that they do not reach, or they are like, I want to be spending more time doing this or doing my hobbies. And I just, it, it didn't happen this year. And before we know it, it's January and you're looking back and you're like, where did I even spend my time? How many hours did I spend it on social media instead of like reading the books that I wanted to read? And I, I think that it's really important to reflect and understand that a lot, a lot of, a lot more things than we think are actually solved by putting systems in our life and by tracking, reflecting, tracking, reflecting, and then altering and making edits to whatever it is. And so I, I try to as much as I can get on the offense of things like that versus the defense because I hate how that feels. I hate the feeling of like you know, there's X amount of hours in the day. And when I reflect, like it wasn't spent in the areas that I wanted to spend it in. So that's just like a little bit of, you know, generally what I've been thinking about and how it's going to tie into this episode. But more specifically, the past couple of weeks, I've been really reflecting around my own efficiency and time in a way that's even like, I think more so than I have all year and specifically around my calendar. So I feel like I have been the past couple months, like working on the weekends, working really late into the night, working sometimes like 14, 15 hour days. And like, I can't get done what I need to get done during the day. And so I'm like, why is this? Like, we need to create a change here. So questions I've been asking myself are, am I being too ambitious in what I get done in a week? Or is this a prioritization issue? Or how can I optimize my time and get into what I refer to as a flow state? So a flow state is basically this, you know, expression and phrase that represents when you're doing something, it could be work-related. It could also be like athletes get into a flow state where you're just going and you're almost on this auto mode where it just feels easy. There's not so much resistance. And so you've probably been there where, you know, you're in a flow state of, let's say something with work, um, where you're working on a project and you're just like, you're in it, you're just going, 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 going. And then if you tried to do that at maybe like another time in the day or of the week, you were just, you know, you're hitting a lot of resistance, you're getting sidetracked, you're, there's a lot of distractions and you can't get into that flow state. So those are things I've been reflecting on. And what I've started to do that has helped me tremendously, even just in the past few weeks, I've noticed a huge difference was for like three, four days, I wrote down everything I was doing in my day. And then I rated it on a scale of zero through uh, one through five in terms of like how energized does this topic and activity make me and like how efficient am I being basically based on time, like how long did it take me to do this topic, right? It's the same premise as our diabetic health journal to relate it back to diabetes. We're putting pen to paper to reflect on your blood sugars, your you know, exercise, what exercise you did that day, how much water you drank, uh, what you ate. And then, you know, what was your mood that day, your energy levels, your, um, you know, feeling of success with your numbers, your time and range. Like we have to tie back what we are doing to what the outcomes of that day were. And that's the first thing I did. So I put pen to paper, I was writing everything down. And the second thing I did was I put my to-do list into my calendar and I looked at, okay, what tasks are taking me longer and are low energy for me? I'm putting those things first thing in the morning. There was a block happening on my calendar to put it down there because that's where my energy is the highest. And to my surprise, those things started taking me like half the amount of time because there because normally the, being that they were low energy, I was putting them like the last task of the day. And it was taking me so much longer to do it because my energy is low come three, four or five o'clock and I it would just get pushed to the next day. So I wasn't being as efficient. I wasn't getting things done. How this all has to do, this is a long-winded intro, but 
I mean, diabetes in life like parallel itself so much. So, you know, it's, we're just, we're flowing with this. Uh, we're flowing with it and it's all going to make sense. So as I'm, you know, explaining this to you, you're, you know, you may be thinking like, where does this all come from? And like, how did you start thinking about this approach? And, you know, how can I become more efficient with my time? And so where this all started for me about five or six years ago, I read this book by Daniel Pink. It is one of like those books that I will, like I actually remember everything that was in the book or like a lot of it because I was underlining, I was writing things down because I thought the perspective was so interesting. And the book title is called When. And what it talks about is how we focus so much on the what and the why of things, but our lives are really a never ending stream of when and that we need to pay attention to that. So for an example, if I was looking at time and my calendar, I I would just be looking at like, okay, what do I need to do today? And like, why do I need to do it? But if I'm not focused on the when, that's where the true optimization can happen to like move those things forward. So based on research that's rooted in psychology and biology and economics, the book talks about things like how we can use the hidden patterns of the day to build our ideal schedule. Why should we avoid going to the hospital in the afternoon? That was like a fun thing that I remembered. Or like if you're going to court, why you would want a court case um, or like the judge to, judge to see you at a certain time versus like right after lunchtime, like when's the ideal time to get married in life, like all these like different topics. But I'm sharing this because what I realized over the years is that pattern recognition and timing is huge for type ones. And specifically today, I feel like I've said specifically so much this episode, but specifically, I want to talk about how the when of insulin is just as important as the what. So this is the meat of the episode right here. We got it in a roundabout way, but think about it when we're diagnosed, yes, you know, we're told, okay, this is your insulin to carb ratio. And then when we're altering things and when our diabetes and our blood sugars are not where they want to be, we're thinking about, okay, do I need to increase insulin? Do I need to decrease insulin? But we're not thinking about like the when of it. And I think the extent of when we're thinking about the when is like pre-bolusing, right? A lot of us have heard that are probably familiar with, and have heard the term pre-bolusing, like getting that insulin on board before the food. But like, other than that, there's not really common discussion around these things. So All the variables that I'm going to share with you in a second, there's like five areas that I'm going to break down. It can feel overwhelming, but you get to decide what you want to do with it. They can either empower you or it can scare you and it could kind of freeze you. Remember the levels that I was talking about in the beginning of the episode where you don't have to do this all at once and it really is about like building one thing on top of the other and kind of perfecting perfecting it or mastering it to a degree where you feel like, okay, I can move on to this next thing. Um, this is what we really help people with in coaching because there's so much that goes into, I think, just moving forward and feeling confident knowing that this is like what I should be focusing on now to get me in the direction that I want to go. And we're really helping people bridge that gap to make it less overwhelming. Quick intermission to talk about something that you can do for an upcoming holiday, birthday, or even your diabetes diagnosis anniversary. So full transparency, I didn't come up with this idea. I saw someone post about it the other day, but I loved it so much that I wanted to share it with you guys. So one way you can engage more of your friends, your family, or even colleagues in your world of type 1 diabetes is by posting on social media or sending out a group text around these celebratory times with a link for people to donate to diabetes research to find a cure. It starts conversation. 
it gives you an opportunity to share more about why it's important to you. Where I personally like to donate and encourage others to donate is to the Diabetes Research Institute down in Miami, Florida, which is one of the largest and most comprehensive research centers dedicated to curing diabetes and where 100% of your donations go directly to research. At Risely, yes, we focus a lot on living with diabetes, not waiting for the cure, but the thing is there have been so many advancements in this field that were just science fiction when I was a little girl and diagnosed at seven and the Diabetes Research Institute is at the heart of this progress. The DRI is one of the best hopes for a cure and I will put a link to sign up for their newsletter in the show notes below and I'll also add the link to their page that you can share with people to donate directly. Okay, now back to the show. So these are five areas of the day that you can put your when lens on. The favorite, the last one is my favorite hack. That one has been a game changer for me specifically, but you can write these down. The first area that we're going to tackle under when is morning versus evening. So when you think about timing of the day, your insulin sensitivity differs and it differs for everybody. And your insulin to carb ratios and your correction factors because of your insulin sensitivity most likely are not meant to be the same throughout the entire day. And so if you have one insulin to carb ratio or one correction factor, and you notice that, hey, I go low a lot, or I go high a lot after giving insulin, or I'm constantly having to give more, like that might have to do with, hey, this insulin to carb ratio, for example, works at this time of day, but it doesn't work at another time. So thinking about timing of day is really important in terms of fine tuning and optimizing what insulin you're getting um, just as like your base level IDC ratios, correction factors, and also basal rates, depending on like what pump you're on, or if you have the ability to on MDI, if you're giving two shots in the morning and night, less flexibility, if you're just giving one shot throughout the entire day, but still can be thinking about this for sure. So that's the first area. The second area is mealtime insulin dose. Reference this earlier, the pre-bolus, but you really want to be focused on the difference between when you give insulin before a meal versus during a meal versus after a meal. And the questions you're going to be asking yourself around this are, Hey, like, do I, am I having a meal that's straight carbs? Yes. Okay. That's the what now the when is how far advanced do I need to give insulin for that versus if I am having a meal with lower glycemic carbs. So not let's say fruit and let's just hypothetically say like a pineapple smoothie instead I'm having quinoa type of carbs and I'm pairing it with protein and fats, right? The insulin timing is going to differ. Maybe you're going to start off at 90. And if you gave that insulin before a meal, you're going to tank before the food even hits you. And then you're going to have to treat it. And then you're going to end up super high because everything's going to pack on top of each other. The third area is the when of recent activity. So there's a difference between working out and then eating something versus working out in the morning time hours before, and then you don't eat for whatever reason until four hours later, right? The the when of how close in proximity that activity is to the workout is going to determine whether you are going to give that full insulin dose that your pump or your ratio is suggesting, or whether you are going to pull back on that, or whether you're even going to give a little bit more, right? Like thinking about the proximity of recent activity to your insulin bolus. The fourth area is the when of your motivation level. 
And so diabetes, this isn't talked about enough, but like motivation plays a huge part in diabetes. That's why when you have higher blood sugar numbers, higher variability, and you have an increased risk of things like depression and just like low energy and low and low um, mood, it's very hard to motivate yourself to want to take care of yourself, like to work out, to change your pump site, to meal prep. And so I like to think about motivation level as understanding it on a bio-individual biological level, and then also on a kind of like holistic diabetes level, the holistic diabetes level being like, just like overall, how motivated are you to take care of yourself, which I think comes a lot from how you feel towards your diabetes and that relationship, but also your numbers, because the more time and range your numbers are, the more motivated you're going to be overall, overall, because you have more energy and a better mood. But then biologically, like when are you more likely to have more motivation? I would never choose if I had the choice to change my pump site in the late afternoon or evening, if I could always match it up to be that my pump expires, you know, in the morning time, like that is my preferred choice. I am a morning person. I'd rather always get up at like five, 6am if I had the choice to do whatever it is versus try to muscle through it at like 9, 10 p.m. because the way my circadian rhythm just works, I am I have way more just like natural motivation in the morning time. So learning and understanding like where your motivation levels are. I know it's not always possible for workouts to like do it in the morning time, depending on like your work or your job. But like if you are somebody who is mot- is is has a higher level of motivation in the morning time and there's a higher chance of you getting that done versus convincing yourself you're gonna go through a whole work day or a whole day with your kids or taking care of whatever you have to take care of and then get it done at the afternoon. Like don't trick yourself into thinking that your motivation levels throughout the day will just change magically um, because of willpower. You want to work like with the momentum that you have instead of fighting against it. That's how I think of it. And then the last area of the when is in food temperature. So I said this is my favorite one and it definitely is. And so for pasta, potatoes, rice, we usually cook it, right? And then we eat it right away. But the when of it and how this comes in is that after you cook it, when you let it cool down in the fridge for a few hours, some of the carbs get converted into resistant starch and our bodies process that like fiber, which means the glycemic impact is going to be a lot less. And so when I'm making things like I just gave that those examples, pasta, potatoes, and rice, it is totally in my favor. I don't do it always, but it's always better if I just put it in the fridge, let it cool down, and then I can always reheat it up, right? But the benefits come like in the difference of waiting a few hours later or the next day versus eating it right after it's been cooked. So that's something that you can definitely play with. And I don't know if you just like you're hearing this and you're thinking about it, but before I understood this years ago, I was always like eating, let's say like sushi the next day, which it's so funny because my husband, like, he's like, no, no, no to leftover sushi and like leftover fish the next day. And I'm like, I love leftover sushi. Like if it's like a day later, but that I would give a lot less, need a lot less insulin for, I wouldn't spike as much versus having, let's say sushi, you know, the night that like at the restaurant where, you know, it was just coming out. So that is my my five areas that I recommend thinking about when you're when you're thinking about the when. So morning versus evening, meal time insulin dose, recent activity, motivation level, and food temperature. I know we talked about a lot today. I know it was a mix of diabetes and then just like some personal things. 
Send me a message though. Would love to know your takeaway. And as you go about your day, if you find yourself frustrated with your numbers or not getting the workout in or the meal prep, whatever it may be, think about how timing and the when plays into it. It is that type of self-awareness and reflection, I believe, that starts to bridge you from where you are to where you want to be in this like next, like next level of higher perspective when you're trying to approach solutions for increasing your time and range, feeling more on the offense of your diabetes versus the defense. So I will leave it there. And until next time, thank you so much for spending time with me today and holding space for your own personal growth. It's not always, you know, when you have the choice to listen to a podcast on diabetes versus, I don't know, like reality show podcast or something else, it can be challenging to be like, I'm going to choose the one that is going to help me grow. So just be proud of yourself. I'm proud of you. And I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to this episode of Reclaim Your Rise. To let us know that the episodes we're putting out are impactful and to help us get our street cred up and let everyone else know that this is something worthy of their time to listen to, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast, send the show to other people impacted by T1D or maybe even your doctor, and share it on social media tagging at Risely Health and at Lauren underscore Bongiorno. New episodes of Reclaim Your Rise come out every single Tuesday, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss a beat. Thanks again for listening, and as always, remember, diabetes is a challenge that we did not choose, but one that we can rise above.